What's up, world? Welcome to the Dig on Doug podcast. I'm your host, Doug, and I'm going to be bringing you episodes all about having fun, real, and deep conversations. So I hope you enjoy, and let's get digging. All right, all right. What's up, diggers? Welcome to another episode of the Dig on Doug podcast, where we're all about having fun, bringing real stories and everything. So this one is a, a super delight of mine. Um, I think it's definitely something that's needed in the world and everything that we're in. Um, man there's so much going on in the world right now. It's like you literally, you look at any industry, any element of life, um, there's strings on it, pandemic, social unrest, everything. Um, but one of the stories that often aren't really given this spotlight, really given this real do is, uh, on two folds to me and something that I really want to express and something that we'll really cover in this topic here. Um, is is women just in the world in general mainly a little bit looking at the workplace but also the stories of black women and all that they go through in this world um if you know black women if you're around black women now or you've been in the past you know the struggles that are there for them or you don't know the struggles and that's one one of the reasons why i want to definitely do this podcast and, and highlight um the experiences of of black women in the world and just everything because it hurts my heart um, every time I hear of uh, the unprotected black woman and, and they're exhausted and everything. And so I want to bring those real stories here. So I have four lovely, amazing women that will be able to share their experience. And um, if you don't get something from them, um, you need to check yourself um, and then listen to the podcast again. And so I have uh, Monica, Naisha, Nicole and Mike here today. And I'm super excited to have them on here. And so um, we're going to start. And just uh, Monica, um, welcome to the Dig and Doug podcast. And just tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, Doug. Thanks for having me. So I'm Monica. I am from Southern California. I live in Southern California. Um, all these ladies in college. Um, I work for the University of California. Something is that's been my only employer my own my entire career I worked there graduated from University um, of California Berkeley and now I work for the University of California for the office of the president um that's a little bit about me nothing extravagant <laughs> oh hey I'm sure you are extravagant in your own and we'll get into that down the road so uh Naisha uh, welcome to the Dig on Doug podcast hey Doug thanks for having me as well um yeah, I'm Naisha. I'm from the Bay, um, specifically from Oakland. Um, born and raised here. Um, I am currently <laughs> um, employed in the healthcare industry by way of um, more so construction background. And um, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm here. I'm a mother. I'm a friend. I'm a Sister, daughter. <laughs> um, I hold a whole lot of titles, but um, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see um, and excited to be on your on your podcast today. Well, def definitely glad to have you here, um, Nicole. Uh, what can I say? Just let them know who you are. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Nicole or Nikki, depending on who you ask. Um, I work with Doug. I work in higher ed. Um, I'm originally from San Diego, but I love living in the Bay now. And um, 
yeah, I'm just, I'm just me. I'm a Gemini that tells you anything about me. <laughs> but I'm not the scary kind. I promise I'm nice. Oh yeah, def definitely say that. Make sure you say not the scary kind because there's some Geminis out here. You don't ever want to see them again. Um, I know by personal experience. So, <laughs> and then last but not least, um, man, Mike, uh, haven't known you long, but you have definitely left an impression on me. Uh, welcome to the Dig on Doug podcast. Hey, Doug, thanks for having me. I'm really excited. Um, definitely was hyped when I got the invite. Uh, I'm a little sad uh, that I pulled a Negro move and I'm on the move. So I hope the sound quality isn't too bad. Uh, but my Jones, my full name is Mikeia. I've heard all the Mike Jones jokes since Mike Jones came out. <laughs> um, I am a teacher, a high school English teacher, um, a reader, a writer, an advice giver, and a sleeper. I am a firm believer that more people actually need to get more sleep. Maybe we have less car accidents. Uh, originally from the L.A. area, so also from Southern California, I am the resident Valley girl. First half of my life was lived in Inglewood. Second half was in the San Fernando Valley. So I'm here to represent um, both SoCal and the Bay. Currently live in Oakland and lived out here for, I think, a comprised total of how many years, Nikki? Because I've always, whenever I've lived out here, I've always lived within a mile of Nikki. So um, it's been some time, and I feel like I have the knowledge and the wisdom to reflect that. Thanks for having me on the show. 17 years now, Mike. 17! <laughs> don't, don't say that too loud. <laughs> Oh, I, I I love the 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 sleeper definition. I, I definitely agree with we need to get more sleep out here. Never heard anyone say call themselves a sleeper, but I, I definitely like it. So um man, uh ladies again, thank you very much for this um opportunity and everything and to um share uh who you are, what you've been through and everything. Um Again, I'm super appreciative of it. Um, I can't, I can't thank you all enough for who you are, what you do, and just um, everything, just in general. And so, like I was saying at the top of this, um, stories of women in the world. Um, we'll look at the the macro level first a little bit. Um, there's so much shit out here. I'll just put it straight. There's so much shit out here that goes on, and I'm sure that you all have experience, have heard stories about. Um, and it's and it's just crazy. And a lot of times, us as men, we one there's there's the side of the men who who are the people who put a lot of these things on you and and put these um, societal roles as we live in a patriarchy um, society here in the United States. Um, and then there's the other men group of men who who really don't know what's going on, but they're like, what the hell's going on? And and then there's always gray area and everything, but really in, in my definition, either you're you're against women or you're for women. Like there's really no no middle ground and everything in that nature um, of what it is, no matter what it is, workplace, just normal society, um, women. At, and I, I'm sure I've said this on my podcast before, but I'll say it again because it's the God honest truth. Women are the best thing God ever created. That's number one. Um, won't even, don't even know what really number two is. Like, I'm, I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad I'm here to experience that. 
um, and experience everything that women are, but definitely women are number one. So um, give you your kudos. But um, let's start with uh, Naisha. Just um, what's been your experience as as a woman just in the world? I know it's a broad topic, but just. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> in the world, um, I actually, because my world has been centered primarily in the Bay Area, um, I have felt as though, um, you know, from my vantage point outward, um, you know that I am. I am strong. I'm capable. I'm. I'm just as equal as, if not more, than you know, than anyone else. Um, so I've, I've not held a position that of, uh, you know, being inferior at all or having that mindset as I approach life in the world. Um, but I can't. I can say that once I. Um, entered the workforce, yeah. I found that there were people who were surprised of my position. And it was first the first step of, <laughs> and I might be, you know, going through different topics that we're supposed oh, to touch right. on. But, <laughs> um, but it was, it's first that, okay, here I am as now the only woman in the in this department mm -hmm. um but furthermore i'm a black woman <laughs> in this department um holding it down much like the older um i, I won't even say more i will say more than middle age um <laughs> white men yeah. who are holding this position and um you know but again that that gave me more of a uh, a reason to rise to the occasion or to feel as though, you know, I'm, I'm just as good, if not better <laughs> than y'all, you know? So I guess I personally haven't had a lot of the, some of the struggles that women face in the world beyond the Bay Area, I can say, because, um, you know, I mean, I've, I've, I've definitely have faced those issues of like, you know, people being surprised at the level at which I've either achieved, be it education, be it, um, you know, even educating my children, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think that <laughs> even though there are these expectations, you know, less than stellar expectations of, of how women but furthermore black women are supposed to show up in the world mm -hmm. um i've i have a, a much higher esteem you know and yeah. and vantage point of even of myself and expectations of myself so i care about that more than i care about the, the exterior um notions of of trying to hold me back or hold me down or whatever you know yeah. like not until i think getting to a point where you've 
taken on. You've you've been in the workforce for a number of years and um, acquired have had some baggage, should I say? <laughs> do, do do you start to kind of internalize a lot of the outside chatter? Um, but in general, I think that I've kind of navigated it, you know, in a way that doesn't really feel, I, I feel very empowered yeah. as a woman. <laughs> You've had to adapt the, the ills that can sometimes be put against you and make them a strength and, and really fight forward with it. Yeah. And, and so with that, and, and Naisha touched on something. So I'm like, I know I asked her that question, but I really want to get this question um, answered um, for each of you. What does it mean to be a woman to you? And and I'm, I'm going to just let whoever want to go first, because I know that that I don't know what's going to come from that question, but I saw the reactions and I'm like, OK, so I'll go. Okay. <laughs> this is Monica again. So that is a pretty loaded question. And when you think about what does it mean to be a woman, I, think I try to put it on societal terms versus like how I feel. You know, I'm single. I don't have any children. I'm not married. And a lot of times, like the successes you have in terms of like, okay, I'm college educated, I've traveled the world, you know, I have a career, I own a home. Those things don't quite make you a woman in society. Yeah. It's like, okay, you have all that, but, you know, when are you going to have some kids or when are you going to get married? So over the years, I've been having to really define that for myself. Like, does being a mother and being someone's wife a woman is this how I define myself or am I defining myself by some other you know social norms or you know how am I just defining myself without letting society or other people's narratives or opinions you know define me on who I am so when I you know kind of do some soul searching in terms of what does it mean to be a woman I don't really even see like a woman it's just like what does it mean to be human you know mm. like you're going out there you're working hard you're respecting people you're respecting yourself um you're loyal to people that you care about you you know, uh, care about your friends and your family and you just maintain yourself and when it comes to being a woman you do present yourself with some level of um class <laughs> i would say but i don't you know, when you think about women, people say, oh, they're emotional or they're not supposed to cry. But sometimes it's just like, this is just human, you know, traits. It's not yeah. about being a woman. So when I think of defining myself as a woman, I just think of a person that gets up every day and they do what they can to survive and be respected and respect others just in the world. Yeah, no, uh, definitely. Uh, Nicole? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of on the same page. Um, although I am married, but I don't have kids and don't necessarily have a plan to have them. So, um, of course, I am resistant to any definition that links, you know, womanhood to that. Um, but, you know, it's interesting when you asked it, Doug, I was trying to think like, because I know that I'm proud to be a woman and yeah. I'm excited to be a woman. I'm especially proud to be a black woman. Mm -hmm. um, 
But it's hard for me to land on one thing. One of the things I think I value the most about just myself and my own identity and the, you know, 35 years it's taken to have actual like solid confidence in who I am is that I have no shame or hesitation to embody like actual contradictions. You know, like Mm -hmm. Monica was talking to about some of the societal pressures, like you have to be this or that. And, you know, and then with that comes like the, oh, you can't do that or you shouldn't be able to do that. So, you know, nine knows we were out there in undergrad, you know, working with uh, like heavy machinery because of our major and learning how to woodwork and all these things that are not standard practices for women. And I just kind of love that I had that experience and that it's something that I can do. Um, And, you know, just kind of those moments where there are these very like binary definitions of what your identity should hold and you you show up and you're like, actually, I know exactly how to use this drill or I know exactly how to use the planer. <laughs> so I, I love that aspect of my own womanhood that there, that I don't really care that those contradictions exist and that I can, I don't know, I don't want to say exceed expectations because that's like cliche, but you know, I just like showing up and being who I am and, and letting people just kind of rest with that however they need to. Yeah, no, exceed expectations is very uh, retail-y work. Um, I got salt in the game in that retail work. Exceed the sales for this week is like, look, bro, like that's not happening. I'm not even gonna be here forever. Uh, Mike, um, to you, what does it mean to be, to be a woman? However you wanna define that. I have to answer, honestly, I don't know. I literally <laughs> have no idea. Um, and I say that because in the recent past, I've had conversations um, with friends and colleagues about um, trans rights and what it means to be a woman. And uh, for some people, you know, they say, you know, a trans woman is a woman. And, you know, you're not a woman based on your biological uh, underpinnings or your insides. And so, I recognize that, I grapple with that. And then ever since then, I've been like, well, then what does it mean to be a woman? Yeah. Um, and, and so I don't have an answer. The closest thing I can come to a definition is a woman uh, is a person, a human being who handles her shit. Okay? <laughs> um, and so that means that biologically there are some people out there with you know whatever who are not handling it um and i would say well then you're not a woman maybe you're a female maybe you're a girl or you know a child Mm -hmm. but you're not a woman because the women that i know handle their shit so i guess that's that's the best i can come up with for now no no i mean that's but i mean people listening to this and maybe some young girls are listening to this and again it's getting out of these boxes that society have have put us in because i've thought the same of myself like when when people talk about manhood and what does it mean to man and i'm like but what does that mean like because we always usually usually like like mike like you said is somebody who takes care of their shit like at the end of the day, like that's what being an adult is. That's what being a, a productive person is. And then you just have these other little strings that might be a, attached to it. But it's really about somebody getting getting their stuff done and everything. And so um, now I want to flip it. And I loved all your answers. So I mean, I, it's all over the place, and I love it. And there's no real definition 
Um, you are who you want to be. Um, I'll put it that way. Um, what does it mean to be a black woman? Oh, there's so many answers, Doug. So many answers. <laughs> go. We, we yeah, got time. Right, go that's a different it. question. <laughs> go for I mean, it. I... Um, you know there are components of it and i don't want to fo- i don't want to have a deficit mindset and think of the negative right but part of it is living in a world that is gonna often almost always uh place negative stereotypes on you regardless of who you really are um and be often much more comfortable with the idea of fitting you into the box that they want you to fit in than actually getting to know who you really are Um, And so, you know, that comes with, I mean, you know, we know what the studies show, like we know what it means when you show up, you know, with what a a quote unquote ethnic name or the minute you move from speaking very articulately to, you know, moving your neck a little bit or, you know, like just all of those perceptions that are placed on people who are just there, literally, like, you showed up and you happened to be black and that just rubs some people the wrong way. Um, and I was talking about this a little bit. Um, you know, one of the things as far as the workplace goes, being a black woman in the workplace that I have always been very keen in noticing um, and very frustrated by is the moment that you show up, like Mike said, able to handle your shit and feet people can see that and they're suddenly intimidated or made uncomfortable by it. And Mm. that is probably one of my biggest frustrations. I mean, in life in general, I've always been angry with people who underestimated me because I, and I think before I even realized it, because I remember it like since I've been very young, like as early as like middle school and sometimes elementary school, I, I never understood specifically why I was so bothered by that. And I think it's because I recognized that I was carrying a burden that I did not pick up. It wasn't like, you know, people were already kind of placing expectations on me. And the minute I stepped outside of that, they were like, wait a second, hold on. Um, And, you know, I'm over here just like, I'm just minding my business. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Why are y'all worried about what I'm doing? Um, So that to me has been, especially more in recent years, um, noticeable and something that you really have to kind of build up a, I don't want to say a tolerance for, but a, a something to process it and not um, internalize it. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would say that, and <clears throat> my initial reaction was that of trying to not not trying to find a definition that wasn't rooted in something negative or. Uh, like defensive, mm-hmm. um, but the experience again, um, and speaking of the uh, professional experience of going to uh, after having these discussions, and as you say, Mike, I mean, uh, sorry, not Mike, Nikki, <laughs> um, you know, you speak a certain way over the phone and you, you know, handle yourself in person with your colleagues and, you know, you show up, you rise to the occasion, you get things done. Um, But for the people who aren't working with you day in and day out and they meet you somewhere and their reaction is that of, oh, 
Oh, you're you're the person I was talking to on the phone. You you have no other. There's there's no other reaction than to one realize. Oh, you're surprised that I'm black. Not only that, you're surprised that I'm a woman, or you you may have known that I was a woman on the phone possibly, but now here it is that you're having a struggle that I'm that I'm black yeah. because you're 70 and still working and you're a white man and in construction and so yes you have to call me to get this big i determine if you get this me this 23 year old black girl <laughs> The black woman, really, because I was a, you know, I was handling my shit yeah, by then. Hey. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Grown ass woman out here at 23. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I I think that we develop by nature, um, just by by way of survival, mm-hmm. but and not in not in the way of like scrapping your way through life, but just mentally you know jumping over those hurdles by with keeping keeping your professionalism whatever that means that's a whole nother topic Um, (laughs) (laughs) keeping that maintaining that maintaining your job (laughs) you know and staying true to who you are you know like there's a there's some kind of balance that i think that we have to navigate that other races don't Mm -hmm. and so i think that is what makes us or what we can or how i can define what it means to be black and be a a black woman rather because yeah and i'll just chime in a little bit doug because i i mean i'm listening to what everybody is saying and i i 100 um agree but you know, I think what facilitated a lot of this discussion is that being a black woman is just exhausting. Because yeah. even if I if I agree with what Nikki said and what Naisha said, um, we have to work twice as hard just to be seen. Mm-hmm. So to me, being a black woman just means that you are always working to prove who you are. You're always working to prove your educated or you're you know you're uh capable of doing similar things that other people are doing it's just always like i consider myself you know a hard worker but sometimes it's very exhausting always overexerting myself just to be seen because you can't hide that you're black and you can't hide that you're a woman those two things are very obvious so people are gonna throw some sort of stereotypes on you off top so what I live, I just walk, you know, in day by day trying to prove everyone wrong. But in the in the um, the walk of trying to prove people wrong and not stereotype me, I'm overexerting the energy that I have or I'm just I'm tired. It's like I don't want to. It's not like I'm pretending to be somebody yeah. that they want me to be, but I'm trying to be the person that they not to be the person that they expect me to be. Even though I think I live my life, you know, a little bit outside of what people think the typical black woman is. I had someone told me I wasn't black enough because I didn't know what edge control was. And I was like, 
I've always had edges. I don't need edge control. <laughs> like I don't know what that is, and no, I don't have any, and no, I don't use it. But it's just like, I don't know what that is either. So I guess I ain't black enough either. So <laughs> you'll have people try to determine or define your womanhood or your black womanhood based on things that they already think that all black women should should know. So just when it comes to being a black woman, I feel like you have to walk with confidence. You have to. Um, prove your worth and your ability just because your everyday life is um, basically demonstrating who you are and who you can be because no one would ever believe it just of a face value. And just doing that and living like that day in and day out, it's it's tiring sometimes. Yeah. No. Yeah. And I... Oh, oh, no. Go ahead, Naisha. Go ahead. I was going to say that I think that it's, it's also a... Um, in terms of like Monica phrases it as being seen and I think that you know the fight to be seen and I think that it's also you know just a, a fight to be respected mm -hmm. you know like give me the respect to not assume that I um I fit into this bracket or this box of the stereotypes that you and or your your social circle <laughs> would put me in, you know? Um, yeah, I, th I think that we we do have to work extra hard to get the, just the, the basic level of respect from society. Yeah. <clears throat> Mike, I, I know you got some thunder, so I'm, I'm ready. We, I'm ready. Um, well, my friends, I mean, they laid it out plain. So I think I don't have more concrete things to say. I, I, if I were to come at it from a philosophical or literary bent, um, I would say a few things. One of which is, uh, Zora Neale Hurston writes in Their Eyes Were Watching God through the character of Nanny that Black women are the mule of the world. And I remember reading that when I was young, teenager, probably. And prior to that, nothing had ever resonated for me so much as that line. Um, and then conversely, since we're talking about mules and I am Christian, I, I uh, know that there's a Bible verse where this man is riding a mule and the mule stops in the middle of the road. Man starts beating the mule, beating the mule, the mule doesn't move and then in the next moment the mule is talking and it's saying i'm not moving because there are two angels in front of me so i'm not about to go against these supernatural forces you can but i'm not and so what that kind of like both of those images hold in my head is that as black women and not just black women of a certain class or nationality but all black women i think to an extent to some degree have to learn a sense of response, a profound sense of responsibility from mm. a very young age, whether you're impoverished and that responsibility is trying to help out your mom or taking care of your siblings or bringing in money into the household, whether that's you're out on your own, um, homeless, uh, foster care system, and you're trying to figure out a way for yourself, whether if that you're the upper crust, you know, daddy's little princess, there is this profound weight of responsibility that never seems to leave 
you as a black woman. And so in order to shoulder that burden, as Nikki said, that has been given to us, not that we have assumed or taken up, being a black woman means holding different, sometimes convergent, sometimes divergent bits of knowledge in your head at all times and learning how to be fluid. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter your class, your nationality, your religion, you're learning how to flow. And that's where that kind of like jumping over obstacles and getting out of the way comes from. That's where that resourcefulness comes from. That's where that kind of dogged determination comes from. I mean, I think about how my first job, you know, when I was 23, I was working at a charter school in West Oakland, formerly called the East Bay Conservation Corps, now called Civic Corps. And it was an education program similar to Job Corps where students came in to work on getting work on a portfolio that would get them their high school diploma as well as working at the same time. And, you know, without a doubt, we had a lot of people coming in um, with all kinds of issues that they were dealing with, all kinds of traumas, mental health, you know, without question. And I remember one person, well, a few young ladies, but one of them stood out to me because at the time, someone there was, I was trying to date me and they were talking about this, this young woman, this student, and it bothered me the way he was talking about her because when I was coming into work, I saw that young woman, she was talking to me. She picked up a cigarette butt off the ground, lit it and was smoking it and was telling me about her daycare, you know, issues. And, you know, right then and there, I'm just like, okay, this, this is serious. And yet this young woman is trying to work around the hand that she's been dealt in life by coming to this program, even though, you know, she's having childcare problems. She's got, she's got problems that I didn't even have at the time and would come in every day and work, you know, and it's just that, and I know that spirit is what endures, especially in black American women, but, you know, I assume it endures in, in Caribbean and, you know, women of the African diaspora, like all over the world. And so that's, that's to me what it means to be a black woman, to, to kind of navigate and be fluid through the, through shouldering this bur- burden. And, and when, you know, I think the black women, the idea of the black woman that is portrayed in media and, and, you know, what makes people say, oh, you're a strong black woman is that when we do that with grace and when we do that and we make it look good. And so it doesn't look, we don't look, oh, y'all, I'm going to church. We don't look. <laughs> like what we're going through but we are we're all going through something okay back to my eyes it's 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 being a a mythical creature but you look human and you you and i'm human yes yes but like the way society views it is like you're you're so strong you're so immaculate but it's like but you're fine and so, and like Monica was talking about that, that exhausted piece, and that, that was a conversation that came up a few weeks ago and um, we touched on, and it's that, that going extra, um, when I think Monica was talking about the, the going over the obstacles, I was like, it's like being a fully dressed out in a ballerina outfit, but hopping over hurdles on the track field. And it's, it's like, Mike, you were talking about like handling that stuff with grace and that should be tiring for anybody. Like, and y'all go ahead. Go ahead, Nikki. I was going to say, like, it should be, would be, is tiring for anybody. And all we ever ask is that people recognize that part. Like, 
just pause and think, wow, this person is achieving whatever it is that they're achieving, has reached the same level as me or even exceeded what I've been able to do in life all in the face of all of those challenges, the burdens that other people are putting on them. And recognize that for like the literal gold that it is instead of being like, oh, well, you just hit the, you met expectations, you just hit the bare minimum. See, I would go a step further. I want you to do more than recognize. I want you to do <laughs> one of a number of things, okay? If you can't recognize, help me. If you can't help me, get out of my way, okay? Yeah. Like, I don't want your kind words. I don't want your empty words. And this is something, if I'm allowed to spice it up right now, that I've had conversations before with friends that for me presents struggle with black men mm-hmm. because it's not that, I love black men. I love men. I'm just going to put it out there. But I love black men. Love this idea of creating a black family. Um, but I've encountered black men, well-meaning, loving souls that just come making more work for me. And then they wonder why I just started shouting at the top of my lungs. And it's like, when I come home, the last thing I want to do is more work, okay? So let's get an understanding, my brother. (laughs) I need your help. And I know that as a Black woman, your ego is this new job that I'm now assuming. But if you could just give me a break consistently, yeah. If not every now and again, that would be a big help. All right, let's go. There. That comes with this notion that, that you are supposed to now ask for help. And it's like, just like I just got my ass up because I saw that some shit needed to be done. I'm going to need you to put on that same level of responsibility don't make me have to ask you to help me. That's a whole nother job because now I have to recognize what things I need you to do versus the things that I can do or I want to do or whatever. It, that's, that, mm. that, that's a supervisor compared to a partner. Yeah. <laughs> We're all nodding in agreement. Dad. Yes, yes, they're all nodding in agreement. Um, so, I mean, it's on, it's on the floor, and I, and I've heard this. I've heard this. The, the, the black woman is unprotected, especially by black men. Um, they, they don't get it. They don't understand. Um, it's the not having to do extra work. You should be. You should understand. Um, what's going on but also there's conversations that ha- are happening that you're not listening to so so what is it out there f- that that you want these black men to understand just just like just drop it the list is long are you right re- no. I'm, I'm re- <laughs> <laughs> well i'm not lying but let me see if i can express what I'm conceptualizing. Yes. There are a number of steps to what Naisha is talking about. 
that I know and recognize as a person on, on the, on, on the sidelines. Right. So, um, a great place to start is don't assume. Don't assume my favorite flower is roses. <laughs> don't assume that relaxing for me means you run my bathwater, although that's very nice. You know, that's th I can see you're thinking, but guess what? Don't assume. Ask me. Ask me what I like. And when I tell you, here's step two, listen, okay? Listen to what I say. I'll give you an example. A, a good friend of mine, um, I used to live next door to him and he expressed his interest early on. And I, I told him, I said, you know, this is great. It's never going to happen. Um, I just, and that has to do with the fact that I'm not going to be involved with someone I live two doors down from. And uh, he asked me at one point what I liked and I told him ice cream. This man brought me a rock that said friends on it. He brought me a card. Um, <laughs> he brought me socks. He brought me all these things and said all these. And this was over a period of months. Yeah. And the and I, he asked me and I told him ice cream. And it took at least minimum six months for him to actually bring me some ice cream. First, to ask the flip, my favorite flavor and then bring it to me. And then I let him in and we started talking and he was like, oh, is that simple? And I'm like, wow, yeah, you know, you asked the question, <laughs> I answered it. Had you listened, we could have been kicking it months ago. So those are two steps. And I'm going to back off at that point because, you know, but, I want that to marinate. Well, well I'm going to throw a third one in there for you, bro, because you got to comprehend after the listening. Like, you, you need the comprehension. So. Yeah, I feel like things get like unnecessarily complicated like if i'm guessing about you know talking obviously exclusively about heterosexual heteronormative you know relationships that the disconnect in communication is often based on assumptions like mike is saying and just this idea even like that women are like intentionally elusive or deceptive or are like Chase, speaking we, in code. Chase. Yeah, like we speak in code. Like when we say words, we don't actually ever mean what we're actually saying. And in fact, it means something completely different. Um, no, no, no. no. <laughs> for, for, for all the guys woman. listening there, shaking their heads, no, I just want you to know that. And, and especially not for a black woman. Because guess what? If, if we're handling our business, we don't have time to play <laughs> around with you. We don't have time. No yeah. time. The, I was gonna say, Monica, you, do you which I don't know which um, which video it was, but we've been sharing these uh, the Black Love series, Black Love Live, and the couples have been talking on um, on their on the show, um, but they're on like YouTube. Yeah, and and there's specifically a, 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 um, a show where the couple is talking about the the husband is saying. We need to not like take what's being said and and flip it and transform it to something else. It's like, oh, you said, babe, I need you to help me take my slippers off. And you're like, oh, what you really need is, and it's like, no, 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 no. I need you to help me take my slippers off. <laughs> not, not some new slippers. Not, not, not go buy some new slippers. <laughs> and so I think that 
and this is a conversation that I've had recently um, <laughs> with my youngest child's father is like, there's there's definitely a disconnect in communication from with with two people. And I don't know if it's two people that are, are raised in two separate households, if it's that simple, or if it's as simple as, or, or if it's as big a magnitude of from woman to man, there's the disconnect. <laughs> because I'm like, I don't understand. Like I've told you, and, and so just to be transparent, there's this notion that I don't communicate. Like, I'm not communicating. I don't communicate what I need. I don't communicate what I like. I don't communicate blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no. Nah. Like, in the very beginning, like, on day two, I told you what I wanted and what I needed. Day 10, you came up with a whole plan <laughs> that had nothing to do with what I told you on day two. <laughs> so... I was appreciative and I rolled with the flow, you know, but I I did communicate at some point what I actually wanted or needed. And, you know, I, I think that people in general kind of transform some um, words to mean whatever it in the hell they think they mean. Um, and I've learned that as an adult at 35 years old, some people really have def different definitions of basic ass words. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Monica. Y'all know, y'all know. I like to say words mean things. Y'all yeah. words matter. Yeah, words matter. Um, yeah, Doug. Uh, what I would say, kind of chime in. I definitely, you know, agree with everybody, and I'm hearing like the assumptions, um, but it's also like the expectations talking about like communicating and comprehending and listening, but sometimes people define you based on the expectations that they have of you. Mm. And if I don't know the expectations you have of me, I can't, you know, we can't work to resolve the that we're going to have. So I don't quite remember what the question was, but it's something along the lines of um, black men and what they could do to help black women or something? Yeah, like uh, black black men getting a better understanding to to help to help women and just yeah, we just went there. So yeah. I don't know where we at, but we in the solar system. <laughs> we were there, and then we were somewhere, and then we back here. So yeah, in terms of just black men, it's just I mean, like everybody was saying, like you, I mean, you want to listen, you want to not have assumptions, you want to. I don't want to say lower your expectations, but communicate mm -hmm. your expectations. Because I think something I mentioned on a call before with the ladies is that, you know, people have expectations, which often lead to disappointments. And they usually lead to those disappointments when people don't clearly communicate what they expect of you. And a lot of times the expectations that people have of you are unrealistic. So you're expecting me to be someone that I'm totally not. I would say like, you know, just in terms of black men, you have to kind of support ambitions or dreams that you supported when you first started courting this person. Like, I don't think that people should expect people to be someone different once the relationship evolves, which is what I see a lot in, in, um, in these uh, heterosexual black relationships that I've involved myself in is that 
at a certain point, people expect you to be something that you're not. And then it becomes difficult to maintain that relationship because you're like, but that's not me. It's never been me. Um, Why would you assume that I would change to keep you or change to make things better when it's not some sort of mutual ground that we're going to, that we're going to land on. So my big thing is just, I don't like people expecting me to do things. Just let me, roll with my flow of things and if i do things for you i'm gonna do them if i don't don't expect me to (laughs) um unless you're communicating that to me and i and i understand it um but it all lands with communication and comprehension communicating listening and then executing a lot of times you're you're hearing people and they're talking but there's never any evolution there's never anyone that's executing these desires or these needs or these yeah. wants or things that you, you say that will make you happy. Like Mike, like Mike was mentioning in the beginning, you know, you, I don't want more work. <laughs> like it's, I don't want to have to come home and my black relationship that I desire and have to work more than I did outside proving who I am as a woman you know, to you. I have to prove like, oh, you're not cooking. And it's like, no, I'm tired. Like, the, you've been here. Like, why didn't you cook? Like, now you're expecting me a woman that cooks and cleans. And it's just like, that's not the, the that's not the narrative of, of women anymore. Sometimes. Yeah. Like, and I think that's what we need in relationships as well. Like, we need to define our gender roles or define our relationship roles um so that there won't be these un um unclear expectations of each other yeah so let me let me touch on this real quick because i, I want to make sure people get this um clear um black man out there i'm talking to myself as well so as, as i'm talking to you i'm talking to myself um the and what i'm understanding now because <clears throat> One of the things when I've been hearing all of this, like I've been trying to understand this. I'm like, okay, how are black men failing? And I'm like, almost like in my head, I'm like in a lab, like with a lab coat on and like mixing up some beakers and stuff and trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Um, and so black men, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, well, like I'm mad now, like they saying all this, I ain't doing all this. The thing that you have to understand and what I'm taking away and anybody correct me if I'm wrong. Um, it's the being able to see each other struggle and not making extra work for each other that's why the black thing is the problem it's i would say like for for guys taking it in aspect it's like when you see another guy who's a football player and you were a football player or whatever sport and you just give that head nod of acknowledgement of like yeah we've been through this thing together your 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 trajectory your past may have not been the same but it you understand what that grind is you understand what that 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 grind is And so understanding what black women are going through and the grind that they're going through, what they've just shared with you, the the struggles of coming to work and having to be that extra. And black men, you should be able to understand that because we have to be that extra in the same workplaces. And so in relationships, it shouldn't be extra work, like just because you want this white patriarchy, family type kind of thing, and then you're going to put that on to the partner that you're with and you never had a conversation about that. So she can either accept it or or walk away because she has that right as well. 
just as you have your right to have whatever you want, but you can't force your ideology onto somebody else and what they want and what they what you feel that they should be. No matter how picture perfect you think they were and all that stuff, they still have a, a, a choose. So if you're not black, a black man, listen to this, don't think like you don't have this problem as well. You do. Like it is there as well. Like don't be like, oh, I'm good. They were talking about black men. Like I'm cool. I'm about to go swoop me up a Nubian queen. Like nah, bruh. Like if you're not paying attention, communicating and comprehending, don't even step. And so one of the, one of the things, and, and I'm a very imagery kind of person, and so it's like, if you can't ride the wave, like, bruh, don't jump on. Like, because these women out here moving, black women are the most educated in this world. Like, they, they doing their thing. Like, they built, like, they, they, they just doing stuff. But it's like, but that's what any relationship, like, if you see somebody progressing and something catches your eye, like, you don't drag them down. Like, you don't make it harder. It's like, guys, a lot of guys are like, oh, like, she's so beautiful and I like that. Like, you don't then get in a relationship with her and then take all her makeup and designer stuff from her. You don't do that. You don't make the relationship harder than what it is. And so one of the things I wanted to touch on, because I think it's a very vital point, because I know in a lot of guys' head, and even myself younger, you're like, oh, well, she went with it. And like, oh, it's cool. So to go in with the flow, um, I, we, need to, we need to knock that down. Like, like give them some game. Give me some game because I'm always learning too. So, but like, it's like, oh, like, like Naisha said, like, oh, by the tent, like the tent date, like she went with it, but it wasn't really her thing. So talk about it and that vulnerability to be able to try to be yourself in that and, and everything. And whoever wants to touch on that first, uh, definitely go ahead. We both came off of mute at the same time. <laughs> I would say I'll, I'll keep it short. Um, just in terms of of going with the flow, I think when you when you find yourself, you know, single. I'm single um, for a long time, and you hear these things about standards, and then you hear about going with the flow, and you're trying to give people chances based on potential or opportunities. Um, I think that's a part of like being vulnerable, being open, going with the flow, trying to figure out where those connections are. Um, because I think I've spent a lot of time judging people before I get to know them. And I think it may have landed me into some positions of not, you know, maybe I missed out on some, some opportunities, you know, no regrets, but there still may be some opportunities that I missed out on because I may have been shallow or I may have you know, expected some things. So now when you're rolling with the flow, you're, um, <laughs> you're trying to give people an opportunity to not prove themselves, but show you the potential on who they have or who they can be in your life. Um, so it's like, okay, I'm not going to judge you based on X, Y, and Z. A lot of times I say, if you got a job, you got a job. I got a job. Just don't expect me to take care of you. Um, you know, and we can we can work through whether or not you you being unemployed and me being employed will eventually work for us. But I don't want to write you off initially. So I think it, it becomes like your standards versus um, being open versus, you know, not settling, but still giving people opportunities and tries to prove you wrong or prove your your uh, perceptions or stereotypes to be incorrect 
So that's that's where I stand with the going with the flow. I'm gonna go with the flow, but it's gonna be a trial period. It's gonna be like a like a job. You're gonna be on the night. And and probation periods reassess where you where you stand after those 90 days then we're gonna go to a six month because it's just like at some point you should see the trajectory on where you're going long term so i think that you know there's markers that i usually have and it's usually all right i'm going into the next year and this isn't going in the direction and i feel Mm -hmm. and i've already invested you know eight months or seven months in this so now you know you kind of have to change the direction because you've been trying things out you've been trying to communicate what you like what you want what you need you've been given like chance after chance you've been opening up being vulnerable um but still this person you don't really see your future and i think like a lot of people mentioned we may be all in the 35 age right now if I don't really see the future, I'm, I I just don't want to waste that much time. So it's like, I'll give you six months max. But other than that, if it ain't going nowhere, it ain't going nowhere. And I just, I have to be honest with myself. I have to be honest with the people. And I just kind of have to move on. But it is, I wouldn't say it's a roll with the flow in the beginning, but it's a roll with the flow until you figure out how you mesh with each other and if the flow somehow leads you in the Hudson River and this person is in Lake Merritt, then that's when you know that your flows are, you know, in two different bodies of water. I'm not that great with analogies like Doug, but this is the best I can do. Hey, do do your thing. Do do your thing. (laughs) Go ahead, uh, Naisha. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was a good one. Um, yeah, so in terms of expectations with rolling with the flow, um, which I have to admit, I don't really remember what your question was, Doug, but um, <laughs> going on the theme of um uh, expectations and rolling with the flow um my experience has has been one of rolling with the flow in terms of like new things Mm -hmm. like being exposed to or trying on someone's hobbies that i haven't been exposed to or whatever you know and rolling with the flow in that way and or just the way of life um but it doesn't mean because I have the capacity to Roll not judge, them. not judge you, or to um, accept you for who you are, please understand that because I've accepted you, and in in a way of like not making, not condemning you, or making you feel bad for yeah. you know the ways in which you've you've chose to live, or the hobbies that you have that you that you've taken on, and you've invested so much of your money in, or whatever. It's like okay, that's cool. Educate me. I like to learn new things. That's great. Um, but at the point in which I determined that that is not for me, I need you to not then, you know, prosecute me for <laughs> for not being on board with with the shit that you are so invested in. 
Yeah. And I am all for, and again, as a single or a child um, that was born by or raised by a single mother who I am also her only child, um, I truly believe in individualism. <laughs> you know, and even in, in with a relationship as bonded and as one as we can be, I do believe that I have my own thing or my own identity and you should have yours. And so to expect for me to be on board with every single thing that you as a man and or quote unquote the leader or the the man of the house, um, you know, or is you're partaking in that's like asinine to me <laughs> um, because I think that expectations lead you to or lead to the demise of a relationship of two two individuals coming together. And as one as we can be, we should still maintain some individualism. The demise. I like that. The demise. It's not, it's not just over. It is demising. I don't know if you can use it in that term, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Doug, my thought, like my visceral reaction to your initial question of can you like, restate the question? Well, it's just kind of like, what is, you know, why do we go along with it? Like, why are, you know, basically, right, Doug? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So my visceral reaction was we're adaptable, like, I think almost by nature. And perhaps they're, you know, Certainly there are exceptions to that. I'm not trying to, mm -hmm. you know, just uh, to oversimplify, but we're adaptable by default because we have to be in a lot of situations. Again, like it's not just our blackness or just our womanhood that we're, you know, receiving assumptions and expectations for. It's both of those things simultaneously and probably a number of other things depending on what, our, what environments we're in. So, and arguably we're pulled in, really opposite directions fairly consistently like you know mm -hmm. there was even if i just think about like the evolution of this argument since i've been alive and aware you know there's this moment where you know there's all of this like assertion for independence i'm like nah i'm also an only child of a single mother so it's like you kind of just got and so is mike so it's like you just got to do your own thing right like you got to take care of yourself you got to be able to handle it because those that's what you see and you realize if you don't, who will, right? Mm -hmm. But then it's like, you t you get that and then it's like, okay, but women got to learn how to be soft and learn how to, yeah. you know, accept their their place. And, da -da -da -da. and it's like, you know, in a lot of ways, we do actually try to do those things. We actually do try to adapt and keep up, but it's difficult to be able to do all of those things all at once. And so yeah. it's what Monica was talking about is those unspoken expectations. Like mm -hmm. if, if we're not communicating about this, it's always going to end up being confusing for everybody involved and everybody's expectations are going to be dropped because no one is really saying what it, what we're expecting. And also it's not just about saying it. It's also about having some introspection. And asking yourself, like, why do I feel this way? Why do I want this thing? Why do I have this expectation? Why do I feel like I can't say this thing out loud and, and plainly and I have to infer or I have to drop hints or I have to, you know, have to put action? Like, why can't I just, why can't we just talk about it? Um, and I know women get the stereotype for wanting to talk about everything and talk things to death. And I, I tell people in whatever setting I'm in, if there's one thing I know how to do, it's talk. If there's one thing I got in trouble for, 
because I was always a smart kid. I didn't get in trouble. I didn't get suspended and things like that. But I did get in trouble in class for talking too much because I'm 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 externally processing. I want to know what you think about the the test that's coming up. You know, like I just that's just what in, I do. In the lab, you in Dexter's laboratory. Exactly. And I'm social. Like I'm an extroverted introvert. I'm I lean on the introvert side because I'm the only child. I had to learn how to be okay with being by myself. But I also really can handle social situations and I have fun kind of learning about people and what they do. So naturally I will talk and that's how I communicate. And I actually really pride myself on being very intentional with how I communicate. It doesn't matter if I'm talking, doesn't matter if I'm writing an email or writing something else. Like I'm very, very particular with the way I deliver what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And so it's really frustrating, like exceptionally frustrating when you no, you took the time to to make it make sense and it was still misinterpreted yeah and and let me just burst some bubbles here for for people listening um fellas since i'm talking directly to the man some of y'all got dates and our phone numbers because in this society women are afraid they have to be afraid because when you are a new guy talking to a woman they do not know your intentions as as nice as you can be as as humble as you can be because like i tell people roses have thorns it does not matter as beautiful as they are they have thorns and so it's not always women just trying to put you through a test or like make you jump through some hoops but we all have our experiences um one of the things i i talk with with people is especially with dating but this also goes into the working world as well whoever you're working with, you're both coming from two different worlds, two different terminologies, two different ideologies, two different doctorates. And so now it, it takes time for you to really figure out and mesh and see how each other approaches things. Like what, what does something mean to somebody else? Um, you know, what, like in the sense of like all the, all you ladies share being in a working environment and it's like, Oh my God, like we have a black woman here. It's like, what's going on. But then, in your in those people head they're like well is she like susie who was here before was she like you know like it's just they like monoliths like want to be like oh like you know are you just like these previous people but each person is an individual and you have to take the time to really get to know somebody and be vested in really getting to know them and not just like monica said those expectations of what you're putting on the table but you're only putting them on the table for yourself like you're not even sharing those expectations you're like just cooking a meal for somebody but you're not asking them do they like that or not or are they allergic <laughs> like you're just like oh you're just gonna eat this so it's like well i'm allergic to all this well this is all i made so and that's just what, a crazy you, mindset to me what sticks out to me doug is broadly oh you can't hear me and now we hear you we hear oh, you. okay i was just gonna say what sticks out to me is just taking a moment to recognize each other's humanity mm -hmm. and i and perhaps everybody comes to that understanding at different stages of their life for different reasons but the thing that matters to me most is like to be seen as a human being because yeah. if you can recognize my humanity you can hopefully immediately be empathetic to whatever it is that I'm experiencing because you likely have experienced some version of it. Maybe it's not for the same reasons. Like maybe you're not feeling pressure because of your gender. Um, maybe you're not feeling, you know, uh, 
frustrations because of your home situation, but you know what it's like to be frustrated. You know yeah. what it's like to be um, second guessed or discriminated against. You know what it's like to be without something, to need something and not be able to provide your, provide it for yourself, to be in a situation where you're asking for help and you wish you weren't or whatever it is. Like mm-hmm. those are human human features, right? And those are things that we all come to, you know, terms with at various stages of our life. So if it's like, if you know you're over here dealing with whatever it is, it's past trauma or past relationships or complicated work situations or whatever, you know that you're dealing with that, you know, just take a moment to think that I could possibly be dealing with that too. Mm -hmm. And that goes again, back to what Mike was saying about like, don't make more work out of it It, for either of us. Cause you know, you're over here jumping through hoops, trying to guess what's going on. And I'm like, you could guess if you just looked at the situation as if it were you, Um, you know, like that's all it takes. Yeah, Yeah, I definitely agree with Nikki too. One more thing I wanted to add was sometimes it's easier just to roll with the flow because you're, don't want to, you don't want to be confrontational. People already expect you to be the angry black woman. And when you mention like, you know, in the workplace or nagging or being bitter, it always come with voicing your opinion or speaking your mind. Those are perceived as, oh, she's always nagging or, oh, she's so angry or, oh, she's so bitter. So sometimes the easiest thing to do is just to roll with the flow and just if it's not gonna kill you, just deal with it in the moment. Um, and once it starts to compromise your integrity, then you could speak up. A lot of times when I'm rolling with the flow in the workplace, I'm just either avoiding confrontation, avoiding some sort of um, mainly just avoiding confrontation because it's just like I, I don't want to go there with you today. I don't have the energy. So I'm going to just, you know, roll with this and, you know, figure it, make it make sense to me or make it, you know, I'm not going to ever do anything to compromise my integrity or my morals or my beliefs. But a lot of times it's just like, does, do I have the energy to, to entertain this today? Or is it easier just to deal with it at this moment and just go home and be done with it? And the same in relationships. Like sometimes it's just like, okay, good night. Like <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I don't have any more fight in me. I'm and and I don't know if it's rolling with the flow or just you know avoiding the the conflict in the moment. But sometimes I I don't have the energy to fight it. Yeah. Which also speaks to the black experience, the black woman experience. Because all of it at some point means fight, you know, like there's extra work that has to be done to rise to this level (laughs) of, you know, whatever is going on that, that is conflicting with whatever our values are. And, um, and I was thinking, I was going to say that, like, with at work, you know, it, even though it's a um, being risk averse or, you know, trying not to really com- conflict, but then you also have that other element of, like, I'm a black woman. So, mm-hmm. really, how do I or should I by my, you know, even questioning how how you know 
how how it's best to probably not even engage but then there's still the other um you know question of like now okay but as a black person and i'm i'm the only person the only black woman here or the only black person here do should i should i really should i engage with this person or should i should i correct this action should i you know it's i feel like there's a little bit more pressure internally with those decisions that that we make be it at work and or in a relationship because if you don't fight if you don't in the relationship if you don't assert yourself then it's also looked at as oh you just you too independent and you want to walk away you know or you too independent and you just don't um you know you don't have that that fight that that a white woman would have or some other ethnicity would have yeah. to like make it make good you know make good with whatever the situation is so just to tie it all together <laughs> i totally agree with with monica and um you know it's sometimes it's hard to continue to just fight every battle every battle but but trust and believe in the back of our minds we're still like should i or should i not <laughs> you know and as and i think that that's the the black woman in us that questions that part yeah and, and i think what you touched on um is a lot of the times from the guy side it's it's wanting you to submit and it's, it's that thing of like, oh, like, just do it my way. Like, just like head of household and all them breadwinner and like all them, all them norms and all this stuff of like, and, and that's one of the biggest things. Um, people and just people in general, like, like, like Nikki said, in the sense of just be treated as a human being, we got to deprogram ourselves from the bullshit we done grew up on, what we done watched, what we done seen um all of that stuff because we get programmed with so much and then sometimes we lose even who ourselves are what we really want because we picked up something somebody else wanted along the way and then morphed it into ours and then don't even know that it's what we want anymore and that could be emotions it could be things anything uh go ahead mike yeah i just wanted to comment on the submit um aspect and uh i want to make it plain that people may have different opinions from me, but for me, in my mind, I've never had a problem with submitting to a man. There just needs to be an understanding that I'm not going to submit to someone who through observation, which is a part of that rolling with the flow period, mm -hmm. is gonna make some dumbass decision. <laughs> because that would be foolish. Yes. And again, that's more work, right? <laughs> so once, because I wanna provide some hope here. Yeah, I'm, once, I'm gonna flip the switch in a minute, so. <laughs> yeah. Once there is, once I can trust a partner, Right. And that trust is going to come from, without question, a number of instances and scenarios in which I am listened to and heard when that communication is starting 
to be effective when we are starting to work out our roles in relationship to one another, whether that's in romantic partnership or whether that's in friendship, then I'm going to start to trust you as a person. And then I will be more likely to submit to you, for example, you know, where are we going to eat? In the beginning, if I don't know you and I don't trust your taste, I'm not going to let you make that decision <laughs> because you don't know me um, and I will not eat the food you order. But if I've gone out with you a few times and you haven't forced me to eat what you ordered just because you thought it was chivalrous that you ordered for the table, which I've had happen, which perplexed me, <laughs> okay? And I left hungry, very upset. Those dates did not happen again, right? But I've been with people who kind of like order what you want and then they're observing, right? And they're listening and they're paying attention. Then yes, if you say again, you know, a few months down the line, what do you want to eat? You decide. That's me submitting to you. Another thing I want to say before I stop talking is, and I'm wondering, Doug, if you could answer this, because I'm thinking in my mind this has something to do with submission or an understanding of respect or trust for men that is in, that is kind of like forced. But mm -hmm. what is it? I've been on several dates where the guy wants me to cross the street when the light is red. We shouldn't be walking. <laughs> and they want to walk anyway, and traffic is coming. And they're like, come on, just trust me. What the hell is that? Oh my God. Mike, that happened to me. I know, it happens all the time. Is this an issue of submission? Because this is not how I'm going to submit to you. This is one of those stupid decisions. Oh my God, I'm so happy to hear that this has happened to somebody else. Oh my God. Frequently, frequently, usually on a first date or a second. Oh no. Um, well, oh, go ahead, Naisha. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, it was a whole thing. And I'm like, I learned how to cross the street when I was like five or six. And when cars are coming, you don't cross the street. <laughs> but but the argument was rooted in the fact that he was crossing and I did not follow. And I'm like, did you see the car? You saw the car and you walked out there. I didn't, I saw the car and I chose not to. So, but the, but, but his, his statement was, well, what the, what the fuck do I look like as a, a, a crossing guard? Like, I'm not stopping the car for you. I'm stopping the car for us. So if we out there together, <laughs> then this car is more than likely to stop. And I'm like, look, I can't take that chance. <laughs> okay, this this is what I'm going to say. This, this, is, this is what I have for this. This has been my go-to line the last couple of weeks now. Who the hell raised y'all? Like, that is honestly, I don't, Mike, I have no answer. I, I I, don't know what that is. 
I would never do that on a date. I would do that by myself if I am by myself and like if it just the opportunity happens. But on a date like that, I don't know. You just got some some messed up mentalities out here. And I mean, like Naisha said, I think it's it's some of that and trying to test women to see if if she down. I don't I I don't know. I, I, see, that's what I'm saying. That's where I think that it is implicitly linked to this idea of submission. Yeah. Right. And I don't know when it happened, when in the the encounter in terms of your relationship with that person, Naisha, it happened for you. But it's just so stupid for so many reasons. You know, it's not that I've never crossed the street when the lights been red. I do that all the time. I'm from L.A. I know how to drive. I make up my own rules when necessary. <laughs> but if it's dangerous. I'm not going to put myself in imminent danger. This is this is common not so common sense apparently but even if that's what because the attitude naisha that you're talking about has been the same attitude different words that i have encountered if that is the case if you're testing me to see if i will follow you if i will submit to you if i will you know give into your authority it's too damn early i don't know you like that yeah be running after you it's like when i first came to the bay <laughs> the first dude i met uh, talking to him for a very brief period, let's say a week. He asked me, hey, if I died, will you come to my funeral? <laughs> what is happening? What is happening? Too soon. Too soon. Counseling. No, counseling. Counseling. That's that, that's what needs like. I, I, Jesus, I, I don't, um, and so now you see what we're talking about when we say we don't want more work. I'm exhausted. Okay, look, look, y'all out here, look. Okay, look. Just stop the shit. Just, just stop the shit. Like, I can't. This well, Doug, though, I do want to say, going back to kind of what you started with before we were talking about these ridiculous examples of requesting, not even requesting, expecting submission. You were saying that there are things that men have to unlearn, and I just want to focus on saying like, that's not unique to any one gender. Like yeah. we are unlearning stuff too. Like as we go, we are unlearning expectations, behaviors, you know, just, and like literally just deciphering the situation in front of us and trying to break down like all mm -hmm. these things that we're asking that the four of us are saying right now on the call, we're doing them too. Yeah. And so it's not even like, I, I, kind of like when Mike was like, I want to bring hope to it. Like, it's not that we're projecting all of these things as expectations. And like, if you don't show up with, with all of that in order yeah. on day one, that you get no grace. Like, that's not what it is because we also need grace. We also need room to make mistakes. We also need room to unpack whatever unhealthy relationship, whatever blah, 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 we might've had at some point in our life. And so we're in, inadvertently going to bring some of that stuff to the conversation. And we just need you to, again, meet us in the middle, like give as much as we would give to you and trying to figure that out with your life. Like it, cause it's not work if we're both putting it in, right? Yeah. Like this is just mm -hmm. maintenance, right? Yeah. <laughs> it becomes work when it's unbalanced. As, as Teddy Pendergrass said, not that 70, 30. Like uh, you can't, can't, can't do that 60, 40. Um, not nah, uh, Nikki with that. I mean, that's, that's the huge part and that's, that's the development of self um a lot of people 
both sides, male, female, need to do work themselves because then you also have codependent people who just hop into something to be with somebody and just ride that wave and everything. So there's a lot of self-work and, and I want people to listen, like pay attention when you when you've heard everything that everybody touched on here, no material stuff got brought up. Like you need to come with a with two Bentleys and a and a Maybach and and all this stuff. Have your stuff together. Be going somewhere. <laughs> On whatever side it is, but show up like and and as my mom said, don't just show up with like uh you well, dang it, what is it? You don't have a, a a house to I forget like I forget it's a pot and piss to, like I can't remember it, but I remember it like after this probably. But it's it's real like you got to unpack that stuff, unlearn, redevelop. Um, and the thing about human just human life, a lot of people don't sympathize with humans because we want to look at our fellow man and think they have it together when we don't have it together we're all struggling everybody's struggling. i don't care what level you at of life everybody was struggling in some way shape and form and so that's the real development and growth that a lot of people need to really truly connect on and so um as we get ready to, to wrap things up and everything here is it's a bit of pleasure and everything um i, I want to talk about the the strength the strength of the black woman, the the the, the beauty and the, the grace and, and just all of that, um, which I just always love to marvel in and just, I mean, just Jesus. Um, <laughs> just uh, any any encouraging words, any, you know, somebody want to break out a poem or I don't, I don't know, just something somebody like words of encouragement strength development however you want to just leave that for for the listeners oh my gosh um you know sorry we got a side joke going on in the chat there's there's history there we can tell you about that off off the podcast Doug. um i would say you know if anything like yeah perhaps we do show up as strong um, I've always had mixed feelings about that kind of stereotype being applied to me um, because it's not like I ask for it. It's not like I do it um, for any other reason than just needing to, mm-hmm. um, you know, just survival, you know, real basic. Um, we're not doing it to show up and show out. Although when we do it, we often do show up and show out. And that I don't know, maybe that's the part that makes it hard for other people to really digest and be comfortable with. Um, but yeah, like we're just we're just out here trying to make it. Like, and when I think about even, you know, that conversation about being exhausted in light of what's happening around us in the world right now, like that's like amplified by like four. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and you have to come to some sort of kind of peace with it. Uh, and that's really where it comes from. Like, it's just like, your situation is what it is. You'll be able to change the things that you can change and the things that you can't, you can't. And so I'm going to do what I can with what's in front of me. I'm going to, I'm going to multiply as much as I can. I'm going to, you know, take care of myself. I'm going to grow. I'm going to do all the above because that's just what's in front of me. Like God put me on this earth for a reason. I have a purpose. It's already predestined. So let me just keep charging down this path and 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 do what I think is best, and that's it. Like, yeah. All right. I'll go. So when it comes to um, like what it means to be strong or have that strength, I'm thinking 
thinking that, you know, women just got to continue to be confident, um, presenting yourself, compromise your integrity for anyone else, um, being comfortable in your skin, uh, not being afraid to be vulnerable, um, not being afraid to speak your mind, speak your truth. I think these are things that, that makes uh, a person strong where you just, you're walking in your truth. You're living your life comfortably. Um, and you're just, you're handling your business and you're doing things day out to satisfy yourself in whatever aspect, you know, that means for your life. I, and, I, and I get in trouble with this a lot just with people because it's just like, are you too independent? Are you too strong? And, and similar to what Nikki said, it's just like, it's also one of those things where it's like, because people is perceiving strength as negative. When you look at a black, oh, she's too strong. She don't need nobody. So let me keep pushing. Oh, she's too independent. I don't need anybody. And, and I'm wondering when these words like strength and independence became negative, you know, connotations. And, and I, I think a lot of times when black women classify themselves as strong or independent or confident, those are negative terminologies. So I, I would say just continue to be empowered and confident in living in those words because they're not negative. They're, you know, that's how you want to live your life. That's how you should live your life. And you shouldn't, you know, let anyone define who you are outside of who you define yourself to be. Yeah. I totally agree <clears throat> with um, both Monica and Nikki. Um, there was a moment uh, a few years ago when my daughter was maybe eight or so. Um, she was crying about something. And my response, I can't exactly remember my response um, or what I said verbatim, but it was something about, you know, questioning why she was crying. Um, and she's like, I'm not as strong as you, mom. Mm. And, um, to tie into a few of the things that, that have been touched on tonight. Um, I think that the strength that I've embodied has come from a place of necessity, a place, a place of survival, a place of, um, you know, finding, solace in the fact that um, I am capable, I'm educated, I'm intelligent enough, I'm a, an intellectual enough to um, make moves, to make sound judgments and or, um, you know, handle the situations and handle my shit, handle the shit that I've, I've the responsibilities that I've um, acquired along the way um, be it by accident <laughs> or, or by, or by like straight up, um, you know, my, my own right, you know, to just taking on, on more responsibility. And, um, you know, I, I have thought of what strength is and, and, or those words like independence and, mm -hmm. um, that had that society has now created to be negative and i think it's due to pop culture and the way in which um 
black women are starting to be celebrated and society kind of doesn't like that because it for whatever reason comes off as though it's a um it's some type of derogatory term towards black men or black or men in general or society in general and it it it's ridiculous but um but i definitely have tried to kind of understand where my strength comes from and how to then impress upon it although my experience in life is different than my my daughter's my 12 year old but i definitely want her to embody this level of independence and understanding that she too has the strength to navigate whatever waters it is that she's she's faced with navigate anything that she's any obstacle you know um and i think that that in itself um you know navigating those struggles navigating even the positives in life being able to celebrate ourselves celebrate celebrate each other celebrate blackness celebrate women celebrate like all of that is strength mm -hmm. and um i think that is it's necessary for for all of us for the generations to come and um you know for us to really understand where where our strength comes from and what and what that means to us um not as a defense mechanism to society but as something that we you know we celebrate and encourage in one another yeah yeah i think uh for me the strength comes from being comfortable in my own skin and whether or not i let everybody see that is irrelevant um the fact that i can look myself in the mirror and know that yes i ate lucky charms for breakfast this morning <laughs> that may not be the definition of a grown-ass woman but guess what i am and so it is because i made it so or you know watching my you know, cartoon, whatever it is, just knowing who I am and being comfortable with that. And as I get older, being able to express that, you know, to people without really fearing or being concerned about how their response is going to be. A friend told me once, you know, like the thing I love about you is that you don't care what anybody thinks. And I think that's true to an extent. I always act sort of irrespective of what people think. I try to keep it together. If Nikki is the <laughs> one who, you know, is mindful of how she communicates, I just, I want you to understand what I'm saying. And so <laughs> I'm going to take the shortest route there, usually. Um, sorry if your feelings get hurt. I didn't mean for that to happen, but let's, as long as we're on the same page. Um, but also allowing myself to care for people in my life. I think something that I do and I've grown in learning from my friends is like when someone pops up on my mind, actually reaching out to them, you know, and checking in and learning from the other women in my life how to do that, you know, and how to share and spread love and encouragement um, and comfort. I think that is a real strength 
especially considering the work and effort that we exert on a daily basis, still finding that capacity to show care and concern and, and genuine love for others. Yeah, no, um, thank you all. Uh, the thing about strength is it has different forms. Um, we all are strong in different ways and different abilities. And I think part, part of the struggle that society has with um, black women um, is these wounds you have had to heal yourself and develop and, and make tougher um, on, on, on that level. And people often are scared and are fearful of the things that they want that they see in somebody else. And that is a very scary and dangerous thing. So many people, it's like, especially we live in this culture of social media and everything and how people will bash a person and all this stuff on there and then come to find out that they actually really love that person. And so it's these tactics of fear, but you really wanna, you're scared to show that vulnerability to say, how did you get there? And, and and how did you develop that? And and then put in the work um, because we get some people who just wanna hit that Staples button and just get it now. Um, but it doesn't come like that. But there's, there's a real thing of like that real development of, you can admire somebody for something. That doesn't mean you, you didn't turn vitriol towards them. Um, one, one of the things that, that they say in the, in the black churches, you know, be, be thankful to God that you don't look like what you've been through. And so the, the, the beauty that is the, the black woman and everything, I think that is also part of it, but it's that, that struggle when people are like, you've been through all this shit and you still here and, and killing it. And they're like, I struggled to get up, but you don't know that she, she struggled to get up this morning too. And so it's really that understanding of, um, we're all in this and, and we all have different, again, different strengths and different abilities. and. If you're inquired by somebody's strength, go have a conversation. Like, really talk to them. I mean, even in the dating realm, like, you see somebody's like, wow, she's, like, really killing it. Go find out about that. That doesn't, in the sense that looking at men, that doesn't make you less of a man if you're really intrigued by a woman and how she out here doing whatever she doing. <clears throat> that's, a, that's a beautiful thing to, like, really, like, hey, I, I see something in you. Because then that's deeper. That's a quality that's way deeper than any Chanel bag or Gucci, whatever, that's a way deeper quality because something at the store can just be purchased. But like these qualities that people have in them and especially black women and especially the black women in my life and all of you that I know here, um, very high regard of these qualities that you have in you that took time. This didn't happen overnight. Um, it didn't happen overnight at all. So for those of you who are listening, you have time, unpack, listen, learn, get uncomfortable. Um, I was reflecting this morning in a sense of like learning and everything. I hate math. Like Lord knows like math is like, especially in a classroom setting, like that was not my thing. Um, but I, I even had to get uncomfortable with learning that because I had to learn it and, and, and do something with it. You don't, you don't always like what you're, you're doing, what you're going to grow to, but you have to go through it to get to where you're trying to go. And so 
with that, I mean, I could I could talk forever, and I mean, all of you are just amazing and super, just super. Like, just if I had a super button on here, I would just hit super on all four of y'all. Um, it's 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 been a pleasure, and and I could keep rambling and everything, but um, thank you so much, and 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 I know your stories are going to help people. It's going to help uh, young girls growing up, and and so even some older women who are like. Okay, I, I, I can still do it. You can still do it out there listening. You can still do it and and you can still reach out. Like nobody does it alone. Nobody does this thing called life alone. Um, and especially not successful. Um, so with that said, um, this has been the Dig on Doug podcast. Um, amazing black women, women in this world, women killing shit and doing their thing. Um, yeah, y'all take care of yourselves. Like yeah, just reach out to people like and, and and have a good time in this life like it's too crazy so um until next time y'all peace out this has been another episode of dig on dub i really hope you got something out of this and if you did go ahead and make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a comment below i want to hear from you also you can reach me on instagram at dig on Doug or email me at digundug at gmail.com. Share this with your family, friends, co-workers, and your squad. I look forward to your comments. And with that, keep digging, y'all. Peace out.